0: this show is part of the thrill me podcast network experience more on facebook and youtube it's time for the mr wonderful show here's your host mr wonderful hey everybody welcome in to another episode of the mr wonderful show today's awesome con panel I joke, I kid, I'm just having a josh with ya. I am Mr. Wonderful, if you haven't done it yet, through Me Podcast Network, give us a like on the Facebook, you can also find us on the Instagram, yes, there's a through Me Podcast Instagram page now, we're on TikTok, where you can see Zach rocking it out on the TikTok. Uh... Really, you're never going to find me on the TikTok. At this point, I have the login. I look at it. I get the notifications. But possibly one day, maybe I'll create a TikTok for the Thrillby Podcast Network. But you can go give us a follow. And you should give us a follow. Because it is a great way to stay up to date on all the shows that drop as a part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Also, if you have not gone over to our Patreon page, uh, you definitely want to do that as well because you get some great Patreon shows, including one that is dropping... Well, this show has dropped, so either you've heard this show and... It hasn't come out yet, or you're about to hear this show, and it already came out because it's coming out the same day. They're both coming out on this Wednesday, July 6th, a.k.a. International Kissing Day. Yeah, baby. So get them smooches on. Mm. But if you go to the Patreon, there will be a new episode of The Wonderfuls A to Z movie review, and the film that I reviewed this time because the concept of the A to Z Movie review is I own well over 200 movies on Blu-ray, DVD, and this is not including VHSs that I own. This is not including movies that were not recorded off of HBO on VHS tapes where you could fit potentially up to three movies on a VHS tape. No, 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 no. This does not include any of that. It's just, just Blu-rays and DVDs in and of itself around 300 Definitely well over 200 I own. I've lost count of them. But I go back, I revisit the films. Some of these are movies that I own because I was once a 16-year-old kid that would umpire baseball games and go buy movies during the summer from Best Buy or from the local video store down the block that was selling used movies. At one point, I did own Hot Chick, uh, the Hot Chick with Rob Schneider on Blu-ray Because or on DVD, I'm sorry, not on Blu-ray. I don't even think it ever had a Blu-ray release, but on DVD, because I would go and buy the used copy of it for like five bucks from the video store when they were just trying to sell off all the extra copies. So and I say used to because at one point I did make a sale. I sold all of my Adam Sandler collection on DVD uh, and that included like I threw in like the Joe Dirt's and stuff like that. Uh, it led to one regret I had, but thankfully, thankfully, Zach uh, rectified, uh, retconned that mistake I made because I sold all, I sold off all those DVDs because at that point, I was starting to rebuild out my Sandler collection on Blu-ray. So it was like, I don't need a Billy Madison DVD or a Happy Gilmore DVD when I now have these on Blu-ray. Uh, I'm going to eventually buy Little Nicky on Blu-ray. I don't need this DVD of it. Oh, and in that, process as well. Some of these Schneider films I will rebuy. Some of these Spade films I'll rebuy. I'm going to get Joe Dirt. So I don't need that. But I made the screw up and I sold David Spade PCU and the Adam Sandler Airheads double feature DVD without realizing that neither one of those movies had been transferred over to Blu-ray. So, And the DVD copy of that became really hard to find. It kind of became like the dogma of DVDs where y- you're going to have to buy it from a second hand and second probably going to price it up like dogma cost uh, a nice little penny sometimes when i see dogma for sale it's a nice little penny to get that one since that's never produced anymore and doesn't come out and isn't something that you can get new copies of because it's not owned by kevin smith or somebody that will produce copies of it and somebody that you probably don't want to buy the film from as well So, fingers crossed, one day, eventually, uh, Harvey Weinstein does not get to own that movie because I would love to own that. But that's what happened with PCU and the Airheads double-feature DVD. I realized, oh, crap, neither one of these are available. It's going to cost me some money. And Zach came across it one day for, like, five bucks, I think he said, and got it for me as a birthday gift, and it was the best birthday gift I got that year. I had somebody legitimately... And I know he's listening. He's going to get so pissed at me because this is the second time I've dissed a great gift from him. But it's not even, you know, I'm saying it. I don't care. My show, I'm saying it. He gets mad, he can message me because it was still an awesome gift. But that was the year that my buddy bought me a Sean Avery cameo. And Avery didn't just do the quick hit that some cameo people do where it's like, oh, I'll do like the simple like, hey, somebody told me to say happy birthday, happy birthday it's like 10 15 seconds like Sean avery went on like this like 5 minute conversation as if i was right there where he hit all the he did not just hit all the talking points he went into detail of the talking points where it was like oh you saw me play with 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 Hartford when we came to the to to Norfolk for AHL i wish i was in a better headspace then i wish i actually really cared. I apologize for not really performing at a high level for like you're dude, you don't need to apologize for not performing in an AHL game. Like you were, it was a weird time where he was being like run out of New York, but also run out of the NHL because he was an enforcer style player and a little bit of uh, an agitator that pissed off other teams. So, and that style of hockey has started to, was starting to become a thing of, we need to stop in the sport it's not good we'll start with this guy who's a lightning rod of attention the sport still hasn't gotten rid of it but they always find a lightning rod or two and he was the first but so like a weird thing like that and then he went on like a whole like screw the devils and marty bro door and i was like god this is awesome but then zach came through with that pcu airheads double feature dvd and i was like well <laughs> cameo from sean avery Or this awesome DVD combo for 5 bucks. The guy that got me the cheap gift wins this round. But seriously, at the end of the day, I do appreciate both gifts. They both rocked hardcore. And I wouldn't change the world because I have two friends that got me two very specific nerdum needs. Like feeding my craze. Feeding what I love. Uh, So yeah, uh, go ahead, give us a like. All of those, uh, but the A to Z Wonderful Movie Reviews, after I just did like a three-minute... See, I go like Kevin Smith sometimes on this. I'm like, you know, I just had a moment of fun. Now let's talk, baby. Uh, But the A to Z Wonderful Movie Review you can catch uh, is where I revisit these movies, talk about them, re-review them. Are they still hold up? What holds up? What doesn't hold up? Do I still like these films? I'll tell you one movie that I own that I know is going to be one that you're definitely going to want to check out because it's going to be How Much Does Nick Hate This Movie Now is the film Dinner for Schmucks. But we did not do that this month. This month's movie I watched when I did a lot of watching because over the past month uh, we did the Awesome Con coverage. But also I ended up with COVID and the first movie for the A to Z movie review This month is Scary Movie, which I rewatched during my COVID isolation. Uh, That was just one of five movies I watched during COVID. But Scary Movie, uh, or I should say one of the five old movies I revisited. Stuff that I had seen that I revisited. uh, Because a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the stuff that I watched during covid Uh, A lot of the new stuff I got to see, a lot of reviews to come to today. But if you want to hear my scary movie review, revisit that in my wonderful A to Z movie reviews. That's up on the Patreon page, uh, either right now or a little bit later on today because you're somebody that listened literally before I could log in. Like, I loaded this and I couldn't even get to the Patreon yet. Uh, But either way, let's get into it. There is a lot to get to this week. A lot of stuff that I've watched a lot of stuff to review since the last time we did a show like this. So it's time to get into those reviews. And I actually want to start off. I do want to mention that we will talk Stranger Things season four, the rest of it. And that will be a spoiler conversation, but that will come at the end of the episode. All right. So go to the timestamp. You'll get that at the end of the episode because. I'll hit some of the TV stuff that I've watched and Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 will be a part of that because I do have some thoughts. Uh, If you heard my spoiler review for Part 1 of Season 4, some of that might be, some things might change now. So you can go listen to that as well uh, and then catch my spoilers for Season 4. But let's get into a lot of the quick ones right now. Uh, I want to start off with the new Beavis and Butthead movie that is on Paramount+. Plus. Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe I fully enjoyed this. I was unsure at the time of its announcement of how do you get Beavis and ButtHead? How do you do that in today's society? Will it work? Does it? Does it fit in the modern times? Is this just a product of the 90s? And this film, because it is a movie. It's 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 about an hour and a half, a little over an hour and a half. I, I think an hour forty-five or something like that. Really. Uh, so it is uh, It is a feature-length movie, and it is really funny, really well done. Uh, these characters do somehow fit into this world of where we are today. They, they match very well. Uh, I really did laugh a lot more than I expected. I was always a Beavis and Butthead fan, but again, I just... Rewatching some of the older episodes, I'm like, oh man, these this is truly a product of the '90s, but it works here in 2022, and I am now a little more excited for the Beavis and Butthead reboot of the TV show that's going to be coming to Paramount Plus. The show that's not just going to—I don't think—I think I saw they're not doing music videos. But it's going to be YouTube videos, TikToks, things like that. Because the old TV show on MTV, they used to riff the music videos shown. Now they're going to do TikTok and YouTube. I'm into that. And I'm into the Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe movie. If you were a fan of the show, you're going to have fun watching this. If you liked Beavis and Butthead Do America, you're going to enjoy this as well. Because it kind of is like that with the idea of Beavis and Butthead end up... Uh, we, we start in the 90s, but they end up in our time, modern time today. Uh, there is a sequence where they end up at a college university that had me 100% rolling on the floor. Like, I was sick with COVID laughing on the floor because it was that funny. Uh, so I do recommend checking out Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I, again, I think this is a good film. I think this... Uh, Really fits the modern times and couldn't believe that uh, in 2022 I was going to sit here and suggest you watch Beavis and Butthead. Uh, Another film I watched was The Man from Toronto. That was a new movie that hit Netflix starring Kevin Hart, Woody Harrelson. Uh, It's one of those action comedy films. Uh, Kevin Hart plays the same character he plays in every single one of his movies. Uh, Woody Harrelson uh, plays an assassin which works because it is Woody Harrelson and you can buy Woody in a lot of different, like Woody's an actor that you can buy him as an assassin, as a serial killer. Natural born killers is one of those types of films where he just absolutely crushes it outside of the comedy world. You know, he's good for comedy, but this is that hybrid comedy action film. Kevin Hart ends up going to the wrong cabin In Virginia, by the way, which cracked me up because watching it, I went that was not filmed in Virginia or this location or anywhere uh, near the 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 Chesapeake Bay. Uh, So, nope, don't buy that. But Kevin Hart ends up going to the wrong cabin. Uh, He's trying to do right by his wife because he's constantly screwing up again. He's just he's just a Kevin Hart character in every one of his films. Always messing up, always a bit of a screw up, and he's got to figure out how to overcome that by the end of the movie. Woody Harrelson plays the assassin. So Hart ends up at the wrong cabin. They think he's the man from Toronto, who's Woody Harrelson. Uh, the FBI gets involved. So they're like, How the hell did you get here? Well, now they think you're the man from Toronto, these people, so you got to remain undercover as this guy. Woody Harrelson comes along and is like, You're me. And it's one of those like oddball uh comedies where you know they try to do the, the the cop comedy thing the lethal weapon style of the this person is obviously an assassin murderer and has a black heart and this person is constantly a good person and always just messing up because he's trying so hard and he's so good and yeah 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 it's cute It works as a Netflix film. There's really nothing about it where I'm like, yes, I want to revisit this movie again. But it's okay. It works. It's fine. It's a movie that's on Netflix. And if you have a Netflix account and you want to kill two hours, go ahead. Give it a watch. Outside of that, it's okay if you skip The Man from Toronto. Uh, another film, though, that I did get to see that I do want to talk about right now that I think is absolutely worth seeing is The Black Phone, which is in theaters right now starring Ethan Hawke. Uh, this film blew me away. It was mesmerizing. It was terrifying. It was one of the rare times that I've seen a short story be adapted into a feature-length film, and I've gone, yes, yes. This is, you you pulled from your source material, you you expanded on that source material, you told a really creepy story about a guy kidnapping children and killing them. Uh, My fiance compared it a lot to The Lovely Bones, but said it's a lot happier than The Lovely Bones, which is weird to say with a film like this, uh, with just what it's tackling as far as content-wise, but... Yeah, this is a musty movie. It's out in theaters now. Uh, it's it feels like it, it, it is a period piece. It's set in the '70s, but it does feel so it feels so fit for the '70s that if you showed me this fit like, but if you showed me Halloween and then you showed me this film, I would go, "Oh yeah, those are those are both from the '70s." Not this is a film made in 2022 that's set in the 70s because it feels completely ripped from that time period, which, you know, there are some people that probably will hate that. I loved that. I loved that style. I loved that aesthetic of it. I loved the lighting of it. I loved the whole setup of this movie and and truly, really love, love, loved The Black Phone and really do recommend checking out The Black Phone. Uh, Now, I want to move on to some TV. There's some other movies I watched, but if you want to hear my Jurassic World thoughts, again, the Throw Me Podcast Patreon page, that's a good spot to go. We did a whole group thing on that, uh, so you can hear my thoughts on that. I'm not going to get into Morbius. I'm not going to get into The Forever Purge, and I'm not going to get into Old, all things I got to see as well over the past month. Uh, Morbius, I watched home video. HBO Max for Forever Purge and Old, If you want to feel down, watch old Forever Purge. You know, that was fine. That was a pretty good wrap-up of that franchise. And Morbius, just, you know, watch Batman if you want to really watch something with bats. Uh, I did watch a classic film. I got to watch The Conversation. Uh, That is a film that stars Gene Hackman. Uh, And the reason I watched that is actually more over the TV show that I watched, which was The Conversation. And that's what I want to talk about here. Uh, The Conversation... Uh, was a movie directed by Francis Ford Coppola and written by him, and it was the film he did after The Godfather. Uh, The Conversation, give it a watch. Paramount Plus. I believe it's still there. Holy crap, what a movie that was. What a slow burn to a finish. But I got to watch The Offer, which is what made me watch it. And The Offer was a show, I've talked about it a little bit here, but I'm going to give the full thoughts on it. It's a show starring Miles Teller, And it's about the producer and the effort to make The Godfather, Academy Award winning film, The Godfather, part one that is. And the effort that went into it and just the craziness of the behind the scenes dealings of Paramount Pictures Do they really want to make this movie? You have people that want to make it, people that don't want to make it, people that want it to fail, people that are trying to undermine the production so that it fails. Uh, Do they even want Pacino and Brando in this film? Uh, Just the studio heads and, and this whole back and forth. It's really a good insight into how the system works as well and the crap people put up with, but also the craziness of really trying to make this film work because... The producer of this movie, uh, Al Al Ruddy, had to get involved, like had to cut deals with the actual mafia to get filming in New York, Uh, had to fight against the idea that the the Italian American League was like, hey, this is a bad movie that's going to misrepresent Italians. Obviously, if you've ever seen The Godfather, it is literally praised by anybody who is Italian, myself included, as what... Like It's the definition of a mob film because it is a film about family more so than it is about the mob, which is why it's so wonderful. And I cannot wait to show that film to my fiance finally. But the TV show The Offer is just absolutely mind-blowing fun entertainment because you do, again, get to see those behind the scenes. See how this film came about. See what happened. How did they make this possible? How did this film happen? And how close it almost didn't happen. So I really recommend checking out The Offer. I'm not a big Miles Teller guy, but this is now back-to-back times for me that I really have enjoyed Miles Teller, what I've seen of his from Top Gun Maverick to this television show, The Offer, which is available on Paramount Plus right now. But yeah, I really recommend checking that out. If you've seen The Godfather, you're going to want to see how the film was made. I've talked with some people about it. Listen, it... At times the, it can be a very self-satisfying show in the sense that it's a Paramount production on Paramount Plus talking about a Paramount film. So there are some very self-satisfying moments to it where you're like, okay, I get it. You're trying to give yourself a pat on the back or you're trying to hype yourself up a little bit more in this way, whatever. I get it. But I do really recommend checking this show out. I, I, if you've seen the movie... You'll really love this show. If you have not seen the movie, you might be really enticed. Honestly, you're going to be enticed to watch The Godfather saga right after it. I'm literally sitting here licking my lips like every day like, hey, fiance, want to watch The Godfather? I don't have three hours. It's not going to feel like three hours. Just watch it. Watch it. And then we can watch part two. And then we could watch part three and be really disappointed. But that's another story for another day. Uh, I do want to move on to the final thing TV-wise. Uh, and that's Stranger Things. And this is going to be the spoiler part of the show. Uh, so Stranger Things season four has finally dropped uh, fully. The final two episodes are here. And I have to say that I really loved the finale of this season. Uh, there is a lot to love Very little to hate about this. And I think that they did a good job at sticking the landing for what essentially is their Empire Strikes Back. Because you can't tell me that this is not the Empire Strikes Back, this version of Stranger Things, or this season of Stranger Things. Because it does feel like the middle portion of a conclusion. And I don't hate that. I really don't hate that but the way that this did and again it feels like that empire with the oh our, our our heroes are very much in a in a negative place they're they're down they're out but they're not fully out they're ready to fight and the next part season 5 is going to be our return of the jedi but i'm hoping it's a little more willing to go places that this season didn't seem like it was willing to go. And that's in the sense of like what Millie Bobby Brown said, which is it's time for some major character deaths, not fake out like they did with Hopper at the end of season three, only to bring him back. Not like what happened with Max at the end of the season, which while extremely emotional, really, holy crap. I, the the thing that annoyed me the most uh, was, was honestly the, Well, she's not really dead, but I am curious where that goes, but it was one of those where I I, I do wish that they had just stuck to their guns on it of if she's going to die, let her die, but I get it. She's kind of like Han stuck in the carbonite and all of that uh, where we don't know where Max is right now because she's kind of lost, so... Eleven is going to have to use her powers to find a way to bring her back. You know, I get it. And again, that's why I'm making a lot of the Empire comparisons, because even if you look at Eleven's training with Papa, you're not ready, but my friends are in danger. They're all going to die if I don't go. Save them. I need to save them. That's exactly the conversation Luke and Yoda had, and we can even say Papa is in a form, a sense of a Yoda in this season, in where he's helping her find her powers, but not just find the powers she had, find how strong her powers truly are, which is what's going to help her eventually pull Max back, because I think I think we're going to learn something like Max is a part of Vecna, but in defeating Vecna... That will give Max back the soul and all of that, the stuff because Vecna makes the comment of, you know, everybody I kill becomes a part of me. So I think that's a way that Max will be found in the coma because, you know, being left with that, we don't know where Max is. 11 can't find Max in her head. she it's just empty. I think that's why because she's a part of Vecna. So by defeating Vecna or they're going to have to go into, like, Vecna's brain and body and whatnot and pull her out. But, but there's going to be a way to bring her back. And, again, that's why I'm like, man, I wish you had just stuck to the guns of just offing the character instead of doing the, oh, not yet or not really. But, like I just laid out, there there's places to go that will make it worthwhile and okay. It was just... I'm kind of in the boat of we had the almost, like they did a, they did a few things this season. Like this is what I mean. The, the negatives for me were they did a few things this season of the, oh, Max is going to get taken. We saved Max. Now Max did get taken, but not really. Oh, Hopper broke out of jail. He's back. Oh, they broke out of jail again. We got to go back. Okay, I guess. Why not? Sure. Because it's, Kind of bad, but it's always handled with such a care and such a well-done job that while it's annoying, it's still good. But those are just little picks. Those are little picks. Overall, I thought the acting this season was balls to the wall from everybody. When you had Finn Wolfhard, I know some people have given him crap online with the speech at the end, but I think him with his I love you finally telling Eleven That he loves her and he's only been pushing her away because of things that we do in life, which is she's not going to need me. So I need to push away now because she's too good for me and I'm just the d d kid from the basement. She's literally a superhero. But having that moment, that was incredible. Uh, I, I think the Eddie moment with Dustin was Unbelievable. That was a moment that that killed me. But then you get Dustin with Eddie's uncle at the end. Even more heart wrenching watching Gatton act his balls off in that sequence and bring so much emotion. I, I loved Steve. I've, I've I, This is a joke I've seen on TikTok, so I'm not even going to take credit for it. But I love that Steve is literally the Dolly Parton, uh, the working mom just taking care of everybody, helped Robin start to talk to the girl that Robin likes. Like, I love that finish of he's just the working mom that keeps getting the job done, this guy. But that's the other thing, too. I Actually, I want to focus on really quickly before I start wrapping up my thoughts on this. I love the setup. I think I feel a little ripped off by the not one of them died because I thought the setup for that was wonderful, where you have Joyce and Hopper finally reconnected and they're making plans for a date. Oh crap! You don't. That's that's usually a setup for a death. Oh no! The making plans for a date. The Steve talking with Nancy as they're driving to 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 Victor Creel's house and, and to get to the upside down and all of that. Like as they're driving to get to that, I I I always pictured it would be you, Nancy, and we'd have a Winnebago like this with with six kids. Oh, that's like the cop that says, yeah, today I can't wait to get home. I got the pregnant wife at home with the kids. They're going to die. Then you have Lucas and Max date Friday night. Sure. Set up for debt Like every single one of our major characters, characters that we've known for a long time, like, and this is not to take away from Eddie because Eddie's death was brutal and hurt really badly. But again, I give it to the actors in, in those performances and our connection to the character over the season. But One season, we've had four with a lot of those characters. Three with a character like Max. So the setups for all of that was, oh my God, one of these characters is not making it out. And then all the main characters did make it out in a way. You know, Max is still an up in the air one, but still she made it out. She's in the coma. So there's clearly a plan to save her and bring her back. So I love that setup though, because it created so much tension and such a beautiful tension build-up that to where we had our key moments there in the final act of the season. Yeah, I I or I should say the third act of what ended up being a very Lord of the Rings stylish, like five act, and I know the Duffer brothers said they're gonna do more of that in the next season for season five, but still uh, having that lead up to the big battle that they really don't win. Holy crap. And that's the other way I'll compare it to the Empire. Again, big battle at the end that they don't win. But there is still a little bit of hope there that they're going to come back and find a way to save the day. I love that Hawkins is now experiencing the upside down that it's split. Uh, I I love the death, uh, the most gruesome death for uh, the biggest douchebag of the season as well. Uh, It really was a really good two episode finale. I am very excited for season five. Uh, Cannot wait for the writing team to get back in that room uh, and start writing season five. They said they're going to hit the writer's room. They're taking July off. They'll hit it in August. So uh, really soon we'll start getting a little more details on the writer's room. And then eventually when the production begins uh, for season five, that also will allegedly have shorter episodes than season four. Except for its massive finale that they have compared to uh, Return of the King, Lord of the Rings, which makes sense after we got an incredible Eddie moment talking about uh, quoting the Lord of the Rings and doing the whole speech as well. So uh, really did everything as well that I thought, uh, by the way, in my last thoughts on this before I wrap it up, I did say in my other spoiler conversation about the first part of the season that I was kind of like, uh, oh, with the Vecna, always been a part of it, always was the thing these two episodes made me absolutely on board with the idea that Vecna one is the person that created the upside down. I'm very curious now how he turned the upside down into a little more of a look of Hawkins because when he first got there, it didn't look like Hawkins. He created the mind flayer. Like I, I'm very much on board with that now because we got to see the rest of it. I, I I felt very much like, oh, really, they're doing that overlapping. This is gonna be a he's always been there. but the way that they handled it in those final two episodes, I'm totally on board with the Vecna's always been there and Vecna has always been the big bad. And now, uh so yeah, I, I, I like I'm, I'm hoping more for will as well next season. Uh, I do think a cool theory I saw put out there is that Vecna, in a way is still inside of will and will, an 11 brother-sister battle. I'm kind of into that theory, but I'm also into just anything that will give Noah Schnapp and Will more of kind of this story as opposed to, well, we're not really sure about him and he's kind of a bit player of the main cast. So I'm into anything that will give him more to do in season five. But yeah, really enjoyed the second part of the season. Uh, really like Stranger Things season four. Thanks so much for hanging out time for me to get on out of here remember the patreon that's where you can check out my a to z movie review for scary movie if you enjoyed all my reviews of so much right now until next week peace and love